Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football, NBA basketball, about to get started up in the coming weeks here. And Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So, online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. All right, welcome in. Garden Report, back-to-back nights. It's an exhausting schedule that they're putting us through, but we're going to make it, I think, right? We're going to be all right? <laughs> you actually sounded a little serious there. I actually believe you for a <laughs> Usually your tones are like, you know, you're selling it as best as you can, but it's just not landing with that one. You thought so? Okay. I did my best. So um, (laughs) it's back in Boston. Yeah. Um, So uh, that's it. Uh, Hitting the road for four. This was, this was expected to be an easy win. It was an easy win. That was good. I guess, you know, everyone's going to ask, what can you take out of a game like this uh, when they play a depleted team? Uh, that you know you fully expect to win uh, the game. I, I I guess I'm pretty happy that they can blow teams out. You know because we were talking about it, it's going to be hard to walk into any building right now and just win. In the Eastern Conference, there's a lot more competition. And is this team good enough to just be able to just show up and win? And they did more than just show up. They played well. But I mean, this was over extremely early, and that was definitely encouraging. Yeah, I think it was also very important for them to do that because it was the second night of a back-to-back, right? Away and home, yep. you know, it's been a long time since they've done something like that. Brad Stevens talked about how much he enjoyed those extra days in the city when you're playing on those second. Like, he's he loves the whole, uh, you know, two two games in one city, uh, four games, yep. you know, two days and four, and uh, two games in four days. And now that challenge, you know, you see that they're able to succeed. And obviously the three-pointers went a long way, but, man, when they're falling, I know it's obvious. Obviously, when you say that, but when they're falling, you just really see how they can demoralize a team. And then the D picks up. It almost like it, it triggers people to defend even at a higher level. And that's exactly what we saw from Jalen Brown. Man, what a first half. Incredible. 26 points. He ends up with 42 career high. I mean, what he's able to do, we know what he's able to do in transition. But I love when he's going in the half court set, down the middle, slicing through defenders. I mean, that's the Jalen that makes you think, wait a minute, this guy can really really be explosive, can be dangerous, sort of, you know, reach that plateau when you're like, wait a minute, no team can stop this because Jalen Brown's already efficient on his own. You know, like in a regular shooting night, he's not bad when it comes to shooting anywhere between 40 to 50%, let's say, right? It, it's very rare you see Jalen go below that. 
But so when he's really on, he's really on. And, and for Jason Tatum to sort of, you know, let him do his thing. And I don't mean that as in like he allowed this to happen, but you know what I mean? Like to see those two sort of blend together, yeah. you know, both got it going from behind the arc. The chemistry obviously looked great. Everyone was in the fold. He was also being a playmaker as well, looking for guys, getting guys open looks. I mean, it was it was inc- it was great. It was great battle. Exactly what you want to see from Jalen Brown. Yeah, it was against the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, John Morant didn't play. I mean, this team did just beat the 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 uh, the, the Brooklyn Nets when Karis LeVert was really cooking, you know. And, and I thought that that was a that was a good display of what they can do at least defensively. And obviously, you knew the Celtics were favored in this one, but I just thought the Celtics didn't. They didn't let up, you know. Typically, we've seen this so many times where they they give up a big lead and they come right back and then and then crush a team in the second half. No, it was solid throughout. Yeah, yeah. we're talking with, with Brown right now. We're talking about the most efficient player in the NBA through five games and doing it at every level. He's got the production at the rim. He's about a fifty-five percent shooter from mid-range right now, and from the three, he's pushing back above thirty uh, percent there now with the seven to ten night. So he's he he can hit shots at every level. This is like the peak of Jalen Brown's potential that I think we possibly could have imagined when he got drafted that year, a guy that can handle and create his own shot, produce for others as he did tonight, the great full court pass to Tatum that he had there. And the defense is a given with him. So all of a sudden we're asking, does this guy have, you know, second team all NBA Tatum level production in him? I mean, I never ruled out the fact of him at least matching Tatum's ability, but you know, forget this game. It's the Grizzlies. 42 against them doesn't mean much. But if we're looking at the whole package this year bunch against a bunch of different types of defenses, Indiana especially, he, he's not able to be stopped right now. And the efficiency is just mind-blowing. Yeah, that's the thing. When we were talking a little last game. And hi, Jimmy. Right, um, hey. Yeah, what's up, Jimmy? But you have a people sleep on it. Though. We, we were talking a little bit last game about Jalen, and I think people in the I comments took, took it as if we were being negative, and we weren't. What we were saying was, it's amazing how Jalen just had 20 points, and it looked like he barely touched the ball. His usage was so low last game, and that's how efficient he's been. And, and that's what at times you're like, why isn't the ball in his hands more? Because if he can play this efficiently. I mean, this is ridiculous. You're not going to shoot the lights out like this. But the game looks so slow for him right now. He's just so comfortable when he gets it. in. Tra- and sure, he's had a few dribble off the knee moments. But I mean, geez, these guys are still pretty rusty with no training camp. He's able to get into traffic and into places and get wherever he wants on the court. Just really smooth and slow. The up fakes, getting the shot off when he does drive and not just going up wild and trying to just yoke it on everybody. He, he, <laughs> yeah. You know, he used to do that a lot, yeah. Right, a lot. And now yeah. you see how many times has he gone into somebody's body, gotten them back, get them the to, patient get them to go up back. a little, and he just waits on it and the patience, mm-hmm. and he lays it up and in. So many of those things. And the jumper is just – it looks so freaking good. That mid-ranger so, is beautiful right it's now. It's unbelievable. And the space he's able to create, he gets in the lane, and he can just get that little jumper if he wants it almost any time. So but John, uh, it's amazing. Schedule, though, right? I mean, let's think about it. He, he's continued to progress – his game year after year. I mean, this is the next step, right? But we that's what we talked about last year. year. Last year, he took two steps in, in in season, you know, one to start the season and then another, you know. So that's right. – he's almost – and then we were worried about that, right? And let, let's let Jimmy jump in here. But we were a little worried, Jimmy, that like – not worried, but – Yeah, know, I wasn't worried, man. That's the last thing I wanted based to around get in, getting into this one, you know. I was like, wait a minute. He's going he's gonna to go off against yeah. the Grizzlies. 
But the whole season, the whole off, the offseason we're talking about, you need Tatum and Jalen to take a big leap with Hayward gone and Kemba slow in order for this team to get to another level. And we were worried that, like, how much of a leap can they take? They've only had, like, a month off. You know, they're going to be the same guys we saw. And, again, I, I don't know what you see after five games here, Jimmy, but, uh, you know, it looks like Jalen has, again, taken another leap. Yeah, so I got I to gotta apologize for being a couple minutes late. The reason I, I had to actually Apology, shower. Cam. I, 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 I had to hop in the shower after that game because Jalen Brown had me sweating bullet. I mean, he had me sweating. The, the shots he was hitting, the drives, the threes. I mean, I was drenched. So I had to shower off real quick before I got on before I got on set here. Um, <laughs> so, um, but listen, I mean, and I, I hinted at this last show, last night. I threw it in there towards the end of the show after another, what I thought was a solid Jalen Brown performance. I was like, and I, I don't want to pit these two guys against each other because that's not what it's all about. Like John said, you need them both. You need them both to be even better than they are now because of what we're seeing from the other 12 you guys. You just sort of mentioned this, though. Yeah, you did. But I casually said, who would you rather go to war with? Who would you rather <laughs> go to war with right now, Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum? And this is what I said last night. I'm not saying it now because he just had a career-high night. And, uh, again, I know Jason Tatum's going to have his nights, too. But Jalen Brown just showed me something since the bubble where it's like this guy like checks off almost every box when it comes to like leadership, intangibles on the court, off the court, right? outside shot, skill. He's improved his ball handling. His defense has been more than, you know, above average. It's been great. Um, he can play multiple positions, right? I mean, and that's not, again, it's not a slight at Jason Tatum. It's, it's not pitting them against each other, but it's just like, you can see the leaps and bounds that, J- that Jalen Brown has taken here. And I will never forget draft night. I was in the TD Garden. We were doing a version of this, the Garden Report. You can probably find it on YouTube somewhere. It was me, Jared Weiss, and uh, Kevin, O'Con- Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer. And this was before The Ringer had Kevin really Kevin. liked Palin, didn't he? He loved him. And we all, we all loved him. Me, Jared, and Kevin loved him. But the garden and it was all suits they were, there. They, all, were, you know, they were so mad. like crazy. Yeah. And it was too yeah. it was too bad. But I, they weren't really booing because it was Jalen. They were booing because they wanted fireworks. They wanted a trade. They wanted, you know, they, they didn't they but weren't it was, that night, yeah. it was the drop because it was the Simmons Ingram right. draft. And yeah. just right. getting the three pick was such a gut punch because you knew there was a drop off there. And yeah. there was you wanted to swing the pick for a player or and Jalen was the one where they were trying to talk us into him and everyone felt like, like they were settling for him. But like, I think yeah. Danny Ainge really did like him. And there was, he, but and, you and, saw him in, in the tournament with Cal, he looked, he'd be just, you could barely yeah, he, notice him. You like, he came right. in with not a lot of shine. Yeah. He, right. he didn't and, have a, he didn't have a great college year. And, uh, the, the high school, uh, okay, hold on, Bobby real quick, but Jimmy, you guys were high on him then. We we liked the pick. We weren't like, oh, they gotta go out and get him. But we we were totally fine with that pick. Like we saw the upside. We, I mean, people were using the fact that he wasn't just like only about basketball. Like like the like the story on Jalen Brown coming into the NBA was that like, you know, it's no surprises like how this type of guy he is, how he's interested in politics, social justice, things off the basketball court. Like that was almost used as like a knock against him. Like, oh well, this guy. He might not even really Remember like basketball. Where, where did you about basketball enough? Yeah, yeah exactly. Out. We were like, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's like the, the Josh Rosen thing. But see, the I way see, I yeah, thought it was. Yeah. Well, that didn't work out for Josh Rosen. But. No, but I mean, I mean let's just be thankful they didn't take Dragon Bender. I was a Jamal Murray guy that draft. Um, Which would have been good, too. Because he was I mean, a polished right. scorer, and I loved that. 
Um, right. But over. my God, I felt like we were going to take Bender, and oh boy, <laughs> would that have been something, you know? I always, I always yeah. thought because of his body size, because pick, of the right? upside he had on defense, that they were going to pick Jalen, right? I mean, like, with, well, after, Danny wanted a wing. You know so agree with this too, like. The, yeah. the, you saw the sort of like he's a Brad guy, like he he can get it done on the defensive end because of his athleticism. And I thought it was a force because we wanted the athletic wing so bad. I thought Danny wanted that athletic wing so bad that he's like, "That's the best one out there. I'm taking him regardless." And exactly. it it felt like a force then, you know? Right. Yeah, but you I, I can see that. Yeah. And it did for a couple of years but as a Celtic, where you're like, "This guy lacks polish. Like, is this guy ever going to get there?" For a couple of years, you're like good he's he's a nice little athlete but he's sloppy you know like i i never saw this level of progression i didn't think his ceiling would be this high everyone was saying just wait just wait he'll get better he'll get better i'm like i don't i didn't see it in the early going i don't know if you guys did that first year was tough when he got buried behind jay crowder and all the different wings that they had on that team i think gerald green was even above him in that rotation uh so what's john's favorite the the key for him was that first year, 2018, where he got he boosted above Hayward with that injury. Crowder got traded in the uh, Kyrie trade, and all of a sudden by playoff time, he was in a front man position. This team and that run, especially that Philly series that he had, where uh, he hurt the hamstring and come came back and was scoring 20 points every game, uh, using the lethal transition game to his advantage. And starting with defense, I mean, he just became such a polished, hardened defender in this league from the earliest days and didn't worry too much about the offensive game you know let some of the other guys like Isaiah handle that initially and um, you know uh, Terry Roger and others that second year so he mastered that end of the floor and used the transition game that uh, opened up his offense and now you know you saw in that third year he started adding the dribbles and that rising stars game and like every single year he just pieces it together one by one like there's such like a small steps progression with him where yeah. he wasn't trying to you know focus on everything or the shot too much right away he was just kind of building it up piece by piece and it's been a great way for him to get to this point and like i i listen to good and it all culminated in a fifth place finish for team usa <laughs> Well, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do this to Jeff. I, I don't know how you went through that whole resume without mentioning Team USA. Well, I thought for sure you're gonna come back to that. He only mentions Team USA when Miles Turner's in the conversation. Well, Miles Turner pulled. Yeah, him he'll out. bring him over. Yeah, bring that team up quick. Just it's yeah, just real quick. Miles Turner, not to laud the uh, accomplishments of anyone else. I right. want to do this to Jeff Goodman too because the the story's not over for this year. But he came out on this network and was like, "This guy's not a number two. I don't know if he can get Bobby's it done." Bobby's not gonna forget two. this. We, well, he did it last year, a we year ago. A year ago. He, he did it last year, but without the pressure of being a two. It's a different game. What I think it was yeah. was without the Kemba crutch. Because, like, look at it the last year. There was no pressure for anybody to be a two, really, yeah. at any point in time. Because one of four players on the court at any point in time could score 30 points. So you could have the off night or defer or not like, you know, not be in the flow of things or not, your shots just not falling. And it Mm -hmm. didn't matter. But now you can't, like there can't be too many Jalen off nights or Jason off nights because the rest of the offense will have a hard time uh, if those guys are struggling or one of the two. You could struggle last year. So I think that's what Jeff was trying to say to play devil's advocate there, that um, the pressure is it's on you now. You've got to be a 1A all the time you can't have these games where you you know yeah fair enough that's the story that's the narrative you have to be the guy i think that's what jeff was saying i think think you're ready to just take it and go you know to be to be the mccollum to the dame you know like that kind of like the one in the one a sort of thing 
Yeah, and he's fortunate. He's fortunate that he's not in that Tatum position where he has to facilitate all game long. Like you know, we're gonna do the Tatum Brown thing all year long, but you do have to give Tatum the credit for jumping on the ball as much as he does, creating for the offense as consistently as he has to do. And we've seen him go through his ups and downs earlier this year in that role. Uh, It allows Brown to kind of you know go one on one on the sidelines and get some of those isolation tries that he does. So you put it all in context here, but I want to give credit to Marcus Smart. Um, because what did we say all postseason? Is Brown ever going to be able to get past smart shooting? Like, is he ever going to have the ball in his hands enough to reach this level? I think you got to credit Smart and the seat back that he's taken early this year to allow Brown to get to that uh, position. Like, Smart, minus a couple of threes tonight through five games, has not been his usual assertive, aggressive self. He's focused more on setting the Jays up. And now they're the indisputable ones and twos on this team. And it happened so much faster than I think we could have expected. Yeah. And he, again, his, he's letting his, uh, uh, Smart's letting his offense come into the flow. He had the couple of back-to-back threes there and then that, the heat check. But he did chuck nine threes tonight. Um, it was kind of a loose game. But you're right. Uh, he's taken, we were worried that he was, that was going to be an every night occurrence. Today, he was a little bit shooty. Um, but yeah, that's fine. Word check, though, Four John. for nine, I though. Good. I mean, I don't think all he's nine fine. It was effective. He's efficient. I don't know if all nine were chucked. I don't know, John. Yeah, he was catching and shooting in the corners. On it was all within the flow. Yeah, I, the flow. Flow. I like yeah. when he does that. I, I like, I like the way Marcus played tonight. Um, as far as the, uh, uh, the Jalen thing again, just to put a bow on it. Uh, phenomenal game. Yeah. I, I, it, it is great when you have the Tatum Brown debate, and it's just which one of these guys is the awesomest player, you know, <laughs> instead of yeah, instead of worrying that one's not carrying the water or not living up to number two hype or Tatum not living up to number one hype. He didn't have a monster stat line. I loved Tatum tonight. Everything was in flow. It was such an easy 21 minutes. He got buckets right. when he needed them, when he wanted them. He facilitated. Uh, he he was a pl- to plus 29 in like 21 minutes. He was just he was everything was. We were talking about it on our text chain before. I love these last two games that he's not just holding the ball, dribble, 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 setting up for that kind of pull-up. He is getting it and being decisive. With, as soon as he gets the ball in his hands, I'm going to go, I'm going to shoot, I'm going to pass, I'm going to do something. But he's not fiddling with it as much. And I thought and, tonight he was – I thought he was awesome. Again, so- oh, clearly outshined by Brown, but a really efficient game coming off of last game where he clearly cha- – we talked about did he change his approach. He came out in the post game and he said, I changed my approach. And he took a lot of that to heart. I'm settling for shots. I'm, I, I'm taking the easy way out. And the last two games, I thought he's been awesome. And it goes back to what we were saying like after, I think it was game two. Or one, of the, one of the commenters was like, everything just looks harder for, for Smart and, and Brown. I mean, for um, Tatum and Brown. It's like they just make things look difficult for themselves out there. But it's like it's been a sort of a different story the last couple of nights. Um, you know, you don't really – you haven't get that impression, certainly – not by watching Brown. And, and like you said, John, everything looked kind of like in the flow, looked easy for him tonight. He wasn't forcing things. When you can have like a quiet night and still have that type of production, that's when you know that like you're really starting to get a good feel for the game and, and you're comfortable out there. Yeah. So. Um, so we are, it was our stated goal last night to not go super duper long. There's a million of these games. So we're not going to go super long. I want to move the conversation along here unless anyone's got a final thought on, 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 on Jalen. Uh, I just want to say one, one quick thing. Um, 
I think his shot is what changed everything, obviously, right? I think I think right. the fourth defense is to come out and guard him. Like that's what changed everything, guys. That's what opened up his offense. And I think but that had happened two years ago. All of a sudden he showed up and we're like, wow, he can shoot. You know, like that's that was the first step. But, but that's what I'm saying. Like that's game. how the offense, his offense opened up. That's how yeah. he grew. Then the handle came last year, and now everything's really, you know. Yeah, but right. now it's different, John. Now the bubble, you know, the leadership, I think it's on a different level now. I mean, one, it started with the investment, the initial. And no one's in his way. Extension. I think that was sort of like, okay, boom, you guys are invested in me. It's not a question yeah. mark anymore. I'm here to stay. That was that was huge for his for his mindset. And yeah. then the bubble, I, I think, yeah, the, the political stuff off the court. Sure, he's a leader in the in the entire association as a whole. But I also think that when push comes to shove, I mean, I, I love that question that Jimmy asked last night. You know, who do you rather go to war with? I think he's the guy that's more likely to get into someone's face compared to Tatum. You know, maybe I'm wrong, but maybe I, but Tatum's just an assassin on offense, you know. He's so a bit like, more fiery though. You need someone like that though, someone that people respect. Yeah. But Tatum not just Tatum like, just not a veteran of your soul. And start barking orders, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Tatum, yeah, yeah. Tatum has that hardened gene where he the the way he scores on you literally just takes your manhood away, you know? And it's so demoralizing because you're like, I can't what am I gonna do? You know, like he just shot it <laughs> right in my freaking face, you know, like and so that in its own, really does. It is a the, yeah. that killer you know, thing. I, I, I really, you know, but you know what championship team needs? They need yeah. someone to get in your face. You know, yeah. and or, I just want to, you know, make one, all the truth. Well, I just want to clear up my thing. Like the whole when I say like go to war with somebody, I don't mean like actual violence, like going to war and like battling. <laughs> I mean like who do you think's gonna definitely have your right. back and like who's gonna show up and who's gonna fight for you and who's gonna like. You know, be the, consistent. Yeah, exactly. You, you know what I'm throwing that to me too. I mean, say say this team ever ended up in that NBA Finals last year against that team. I mean, he this is the this is the guy who would have been going against Anthony Davis in the post. And you're talking about playing up to bigger, uh, stronger players. That like, would have been tough to see. His defense. That would have been. Hey, they won that game. In, they won that game in January off that, and they played that team tough last year. And that's why I felt pretty good about that matchup. If they got there, was the defense he brings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I meant actual. Violence. You meant violence. Like, who's going to show up with a sword? <laughs> meant, like, you know, who's going to have my back? Yeah, like, who's going to, you no, know? No, I mean, more show, metaphorically like... speaking, more metaphorically speaking, but to your point, yeah, I mean, I think. Who's the Cedric Maxwell get on my back boy sort of guy, you mean? You know, like. Yeah, exactly. That kind of thing. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Just oh. like that. Sure. Oh, but but, but oh, Joe Sway's right. point still stands. He meant violence. I mean, yeah, Joe Sway's point still stands. My only last, my last thing, I, I think two things. I think Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown grew up. Uh, bottom line, I think Jaylen, not saying he was immature, but he he just grew up to another level. I think like that time away in the bubble where everything going on off the court, I think that that may have like taken him to another level. And I think I'm not going to hop on this, but I think I don't think Kyrie was great for his game, and Kyrie leaving and Jalen Brown sort of ascending at a similar time here. Maybe that had something to do with it, too. Last, and last thing I'll say, Gordon, so much was made about Gordon Hayward's departure as being for Gordon. Um, you know, like he wanted to do that so he could be free and he could shoot and he could do whatever, and it's obviously working for him and Charlotte individually um, as he has more freedom to kind of be that guy. But again, it, it might be working for Jalen, too, because it's another – person yeah. who doesn't have to worry about sharing with as much you know there's it goes both ways there which when you know talking about the goodman can he be a number two thing part of it is almost knowing that you have to be and now that he you know he now that he knows it uh he can just do it freely without any you can take 21 shots and and have tatum mm -hmm. not take them you know and that's fine oh, yeah. in a game like this you know he's getting right into it too you yeah. know early in the season like this is sort of like i, I 
I was hoping to see that against the Memphis Grizzlies that you sort of saw the the momentum building up. And, and I think after that big show, uh, after what happened in Indiana, this was the, the the perfect example for him to come out. And of course, Jason Tatum to maybe take a little bit of a step back, be more of a playmaker. You know, Memphis Grizzlies not you know <laughs> let Jalen shine a bit, and and uh, those two played off each other. You know, on, on a different level. Yeah. All right, let me let me move on here because um, I do want to talk about it. Um, second straight night. Now, Rob Williams, you know, we, we're some clamoring for him to start. Um, I didn't think that was going to happen, but with Thompson out, it made sense. They weren't going to go with a two-big lineup. They started Teague. We even theorized maybe Pritchard should have started. Teague, again, played a good game. Bobby's going to have to apologize for that in a little bit. Um, <laughs> what do you have? A couple shots? Every time I, I Teague mean... goes 10-plus. <laughs> <laughs> Let me look at this. I mean, he what are we talking Teague. about here? No, we're not talking about Teague. I'm just kidding. Um, Two or six. I'm about to pull out the shot chart right he now. Had four, he had four points. He like, was feisty. He was feisty. Um, so, Rob Williams. Four steals. Again, insanely efficient minutes again. And it's now it's literally everything. I mean, short of a jumper, which he doesn't have, even though when he does take it, his form looks perfectly fine when he's forced to, and his free throw stroke looks actually pretty good. But again, the playmaking is unreal for this guy uh, on offense. And again, was something. all of it, there's so many, he had so many almost assists tonight uh, as well. He was, he just has great vision. He's such an asset. And everyone's talking about, you know, uh, I mean, right now there's a real conversation to be had. There's two conversations to be had. We're going to start with one. MVP. Is he the best player in the league? <laughs> question right, one. No. Start there. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. But question one, uh, again, we – We've always we said at the beginning it's going to be a matchup specific sort of thing with these guys, depending on who's out there. I don't know that that's the case anymore. Tell me a situation where you don't feel like Rob Williams can be on the floor right now. Well, Anthony Davis was one that Bobby mentioned earlier. Well, hey, yeah, who should be on the floor against Anthony Davis? Probably Thompson. Like you're still going to have those bigger off. You're still going to have those bigger bulkier opponents. You know, Joel Embiid. You'd rather not have him get isolated on him. I know, and that happened in the playoffs, right? Yeah. So, like, there's a few, but you're right. If you have him with the starters, with the regulars on this team, who can help him out on the defensive end uh, when he needs it, and of course empower him on offense, it also goes back the other way. We talked about this last night: the secondary passing, uh, the diving to the rim. I would they keep talking about on the broadcast tonight, and Stevens keeps saying it: the uh, vertical gravity. Gravity. Yep. He pulls the guys back toward the rim because gravity. He, it's, it's like the opposite of new the three-point gravity. Here go yeah, the basketball so this, nerds with the new stat. No, they gravity love it. Pulled, well, this is what I thought. This is what I thought about last year too with that team that was so pull-up happy. If you had this guy diving off all those pull-ups, like it's just basket after basket for him easily because of how efficient he is, how high above the rim he gets. It's just the one thing that's still missing is that switching, uh, the perimeter play, getting out bit. on shooters. That can devastate yep. you. The way games yep. swing on threes, I still see why Brad has that little bit of hesitancy with him there. But, but every, you're right. Yeah, everything else is and, there. And the term, Jimmy, is roll gravity. The kids love it, okay? <laughs> roll gravity per I game. I heard that. Yeah. yeah. It, it just <laughs> Bobby means, will, uh, Bobby will it, have the league leaders by, tom- by tomorrow's show. Oh, you'll have it. It'll be everywhere. <laughs> it's going to be the most – but, I mean, basically, it's just you're so – you're so concerned. He, the same way a shooter will draw attention 
on the floor, he's going to draw it because everybody's freaking out when he's rolling because no one wants to get no one wants to get it thrown down and you have to account for it. You're not going to you're running that role with Grant Williams. There's no fear. You run it with Rob Whoa. Williams. Everyone's like, "Whoa." And everybody's got to worry. And it does. You can see the defense start to tense up every single time they run the high pick and roll and he starts to move. It does kind of draw a lot of attention. You saw a few times tonight where it was kind of packed in because everyone's like, uh oh, they're going up and over me here, and his ability to just go up and get it and just friggin' ram it down. You know, no, nobody wants to be in that position, so no. it does uh, open things up there, and it does kind of it causes the defense to react. It's the poster effect, like you said. Nobody wants to be on the other end of that now. There's too much social media. They don't want to end up on House of Highlights the next morning. No. All of a sudden, everyone's <laughs> tagging them in the post. And it's so true. Sometimes you get catch a young player like, run out it's of the true. post. It's true. Nobody wants that. You don't want to be on the highlight. Yeah. You didn't have to worry but, about that. You just you just have to worry about that one photog in the corner who got the right who got the right picture. <laughs> now it's showing up on every social media account, everyone's Twitter account. Sports Center top ten. I mean, you're just yeah, you're the laughing stock of the league for the rest of the day. John, you did break a rule that you made before the show. You said you weren't going to mention Grant Williams' name, but you did. I did. So now we have to talk I about it for ten minutes. So yeah, you have we're, not, we're not. We're not. We're going to stick on Rob. <laughs> it is amazing how these guys flip back and forth, and I think that's going to be the story of the position a little bit this year. I thought Daniel Tice was great tonight too, and he all of a sudden he gained some favor there at that center spot. I don't think they're going to start, Rob, because I don't, I don't think he has the trust for those extended minutes yet. But I, I make the argument because, and you've said this, John, too, coming out of the offseason, how is he going to practice the rotations? How is he going to make the mistakes and learn from those on the defensive end? It's like, you know, you get your practice time, but the only way he's really going to reach a high level doing that is getting extended run. Like even tonight, you know, 22 minutes. That's a lot for what he's had in the past. But, you know, could he push even closer to 30 minutes in certain situations? When Tice got hurt early in the game tonight, I was like, here we go. It's going to be that 30-minute night for Rob. But, you know, he still doesn't quite get there with the ball. Yeah, but Bobby, he's got to get those NBA minutes in. You know, those reps, I think, are going to take some time. Maybe a couple of months or so, you know, because he he's – Well, now's the time to do it. Like, why not? What else? No, no, I'm saying, like, in the bubble, let's think about it. Like, yeah, he was he was in – he was thrust was high situations, But he never he never clocked in these kind of minutes. I would love to see this become the norm. But he's got to sort of work his way up there a bit. And obviously, he's going to be in the fold. There's no one there – it's going to take Robert's minutes away from him. You know, it's not one of those situations where Tice is taking it away. It's more as how much is Brad going to divvy up? Because at this point, obviously he just, sometimes I think the the new rule change that wasn't announced is going to really hurt Tice. It, it hurts his value. I mean, John, you, you joked about half yeah. of uh, Tato's points, you know, what's going to happen now without those screens, but I don't know. I mean, it's a huge loss to, to Tice's game it's, it's, and what he's able to do. That, that's, that was his thing. It's not just that. It's almost like it's, again, you have players who, you know, you, you have certain players who have the potential to be the thing you want on this team. And Rob Williams is one of those guys. Whether he gets there or not, you don't know. You know, that's why I mentioned like Langford or Neesmith or these guys. They have the potential to be the guys you want, but they've got to get better somehow. And with Williams, I think we're at the point where it's he does enough well where it's okay for him to make mistakes on the fly. Yeah. It's okay. You can before you were so worried, and Brad clearly was. The fact that I mean, a month, a couple of months ago, he sat him for an entire playoff series because he was so petrified to have him play a single minute in you know because yeah. of the matchup. Uh, and now you're going to play him 20, 22 minutes a night when you have an an extra 
confident big in Tristan Thompson there shows how much more trust Brad has in him now. Um, and again, it's, I just think you have to let him kind of learn on the fly a little bit. I understand a person like Neesmith, he's going to mess up the defensive rotations. He's just not ready yet. Yeah, sure, fine. He's going to have- – And he has four years. You know, Rob has two years left, and they're under two years now. Like, yeah. let's get it rolling. Like, he's not going to be here forever. They, exactly. they don't have the advantage so of him being – I do want to ask question two like, of my Rob Williams like, conversation. Go, like, just go ahead, one thing I, I like when you mentioned Tristan Thompson as well. I like what Tristan Thompson should be able to do for Rob Williams. I mean, just whether yeah. it's a practice, film, just talking, sitting on the bus, wherever they are on the plane. I mean, pick that There's guy's brain. <laughs> he's, play, he's played with the greatest player of all time. Uh, he's, you know, he's he's got a lot of information, I'm sure, to give on positioning and rotations and just things to look for. So, I mean, hopefully that's that's, that's going to be a huge help for him too. But yeah, we are yeah, seeing a big difference. Your, uh, I saw your special birthday post to, to LeBron. That was that was cute, bro. Yeah, I was trying to get a couple of rise out of some people, and I, and I did. Uh, for <laughs> I anyone who didn't see it, like, just a happy birthday to LeBron James. You wish happy did you do it at midnight? Did you do the whole thing or not? No, it was like an hour ago. In my opinion, <laughs> the greatest player of all time. It's a debate for another day, but I, the MJ crowd and, my, and a few of my friends who, who we always go back and forth. Uh, had a few things to say about that. We are going to reach a point, I do believe, with 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 Williams, where it's not it'll no longer make sense why he's not starting, um, because I think he's every single time he's out there, his minutes are going to be the best big minutes, and we keep seeing it over and over again. I, I think eventually it's just going to be a thing where you're like, someday. Wow. I, 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 I think not, sooner than later. I, I think I there's know. such. A, I think there's such a marked difference in his in his minutes versus the other guys right now. And again, each has had moments and decent games, and Thompson played well last game. I just think Williams' minutes, the Celtics have been at their best when he's on the floor almost every single time. Eventually, you're you'll just see it, and that's just going to be the reality. You know, I, I understand there's still some residual concern over some of the stuff that he'd done in the past, or some things that you think he doesn't do well. But they're just a better team with him on the court. But like you like you've been saying. It hasn't been that long since the playoffs, right? It's been a couple of months. What could have possibly changed to this extent for him to go from DNPCD in a in meaningful, you know, the most meaningful games of the season when they needed productivity from that position? I don't know. DNPCD to this guy needs to be starting and playing 25 to 30 minutes a game. Like, how do you go from that in the span of? Six games. We're talking like six games he here. Just a, I don't know, Jimmy. I don't know if it's a focus thing. I don't know if you guys see anything. He looks clearly more focused. He looks like the little things that would sometimes yeah, get lost before the preseason. And then we were like, after those two games, we we're like, uh, you guys see anything special with Rob? You know, it, it's, like, it's no. sort of like show me what you've been talking about. He, he remember he mentioned all of it. The, the playmaking, the, the media day. You're talking about He's Al Horford. savvy is better. Something and clicked. I don't know. Defensively, how many? And again. He had four blocks tonight, but he alters so many. He, I mean, again, he's going to get beat sometimes, but he, he he changes a lot on both ends of the floor. It's it's been it's been amazing. My second question I want to ask is, uh, and this will light up the chat board, and everyone's going to freak out and say no because as soon as you have something, you want to hold on to it forever. But does Rob Williams all of a sudden have trade value? Yes, because he's, you're looking. If you're looking, look. This is, this is Danny's game. You gotta, you gotta have some young assets. You want to be able to roll things up. You know, you want to package things together. To you, you take your TPE and maybe a talented younger player or two. Last year, everyone was saying, "Oh, you'll have to include Romeo in a trade," and then Romeo, you know, 
you don't have a chance to showcase Romeo. So Romeo is nothing but a potentially busted lottery pick until you see right. him do something. So right now, if Williams keeps playing like this, does he become an asset? And does he become somebody you start talking about dangling? He does this year. And I'll tell you why. Other than him, I mean, we already know, based on how Brad talks about Neesmith, there's not going to be a whole lot of value there this year. I'm not saying that he's not going to ever have value, but if you want to if you want to add someone to this TPE, and I know everybody out there, every Celtics fan thinks that they can get, you know, the next James Harden in it with it, you do need to add assets to that. It's not going to be Romeo because he can't get on the court. There's no value there. And all of a sudden you have this you know, versatile that you have this center, this athletic center who can block shots and, you know, he can go get up at the rim and, you know, he's all of a sudden the most energetic guy in the court. Yeah. If, if, if I mean, does he have that much value this second? No, but if he continues at this pace for the next month and a half, absolutely. He has value. I'm not saying go ahead and trade him for the next, you know, available guy in a trade, but absolutely. He's, he is now your most, and here's the key word, tradable asset, right? It's tradable asset. You obviously have assets, in Tatum and Brown and and smart and if, whether or not your opinion on smart means he's tradable or not, but Robert Williams is a tradable asset or he yeah. becomes one. One of these centers, and we talked about Tice's value a little bit yesterday. They're so packed at the position right now, and even think of Grant being the fourth man in line there. If you know you consider him a center, they have a ton there, and they have a ton to offer in terms of those guys. They're all on good contracts in terms of you know what other teams would want to see from production there. In fact, Tristan probably has the lowest contract of the group there. But you know, there's still a ton of upside. Apology, Dan, Bobby. This is the kind of center other teams want. You know, you see a guy like Clint Capella, what kind of value he got. It's That's very a much like player. that. Yes. Um, so, like, there's a lot to love here if you have the teams. I guess the only thing I'll say is that 26 teams passed on him in the draft. So, you know, other Means teams nothing. have that. How many teams passed on Pritchard? Christian nice, Wood was passed up by everybody and released, and now he just signed a $40 million deal. Yeah, but, I mean, the, what Robert Williams Trade was. Semi. What Robert Williams was. You know, on draft night was out there. And I think we all got thrilled when the Celtics picked him if we talk about another Absolutely. draft night. There weren't many boos out there that night because we, like we knew. At that spot in the draft? Yeah, we knew what he was made of. All, all the downsides Rob. were there too. Rob Williams, two firsts in the TPE for Harden. Who says no? <laughs> Just kidding. You see kidding. Rockets. <laughs> Everybody relax. Everybody relax. Immediately uh, they would say no? Everyone yeah, gets, he's not there I, yet. I don't think he's Rob. not there yet. I don't think Rob goes because you still kind of, it's tricky now because Tristan's here. So you've built up some sort of long-term um, really you know, situation with Tristan. But in last year when it was Tice, when it was <laughs> no. Robert and Grant, I still said like, who's going to be that long-term player at center. And it looked like Rob was still heading in that direction. You only realistically need one. And then you can fill out the other one with role guys or, you know, draft another guy like that. You're not going to pay multiple guys long-term. So Someone's moving this year. Is it Tice? Is it Rob? Maybe, I, I maybe not. But again, and now you're again. I mean, we're, you're talking we're, about you need something. You need something to switch. They need. They need a wing. Like you know, we we're keep talking. I mean, if you're talking about Grant, yeah, but I think Rob, if you if yeah. you just strip away Robert Williams, though, you're taking away a lot from that front court. A lot of size, and, and obviously, we don't know what the next offseason. You're doing it to improve somewhere else. It's just theoretical. It's just whether or not he has value, not whether that you. It's a move worth making because oh, you don't have to yeah, yeah. side of it. It's yeah. just, let's. Let's yeah. not get ahead of ourselves. I mean, Robert Williams has still not really shown anything, uh, you yeah. know, on a, a one, little, in a one-on-one -on -one situation, uh, you know, like nowhere near where, he, you know, he needs to be in terms of, you know, star level or, or anything like that. It, the, the question is whether or not you can potentially get 
go from getting nothing with the TPE to getting maybe something if you added him. At I this think point. Clint Capella is a phenomenal comp in terms of the type of player someone might think they could be getting in Williams. Yeah, and he's sure. staying thankfully he's staying healthy the last year or so. Right. Uh, ever since that huge hip injury that knocked and him Capella's out. Capella's a guy that people wanted, you know. So like yeah. I I think that that's a that's an excellent comp. Uh again we, we what was we that gravity stat? Let's move on to our boy uh Peyton again. Um Pritchard. Pritchard. Pritchard kid. So he he kind of got this game going in the second again. Like it was very similar to the fourth and against Indiana. Like he got out there with some of the starters. Rob was out there as well, and they just started gunning it. And I think Tice, I think Tice was uh, in there at the beginning of that stretch. You saw him carving out that space and finding him underneath. Hit Tice a couple times for baskets down there. This passing, this dribbling into good positions for teammates, still shining so bright with him. And he's a run starter. The last two nights. Uh, he turned games that were kind of close at those periods of time into blowouts. And, you know, with him manning that bench unit, we might be able to start to talk about the Celtics bench as a strength on the team. And so I, I, I want to bring, bring it up again because everyone's obsessed with starters. And again, we know that doesn't necessarily matter. But, you know, trying to limit that too big lineup, we did talk about a the theoretically them going to three guards, you know. Um, and they did tonight with Teague moving in. And, I could argue Pritchard ahead of Teague in that situation, though I actually thought Teague played well, uh, you know, in, in in his minutes too. But Pritchard just obviously is a more dynamic all around, you know, uh, 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 player right now than, than, than point guard. Yeah, guard. Yeah. No, I, you know what I like? I, I like them in the second quarter together. I, I think it was. Sort they of played together. Yeah. Yeah, I think Teague and Pritchard together in that second quarter. That's when you saw the defensive side of Teague. And then you also saw a bit of the playmaking side, right? He was looking for guys in the paint. He had a couple of nifty, nifty passes in the paint. Or crafty, if you will, Jimmy. <laughs> Teague was a little crafty. Yeah. Easy say. with that, though. Easy. easy <laughs> you know, like, I, I like those two Spicy. together. But, but, but to your point, for the for someone that you need as a floor general, yeah, or, or to control the offense, secondary playmaker, if he's a starter, Pritch is looking good, man. He's checking those boxes as, as, as a, a point guard that the Celtics certainly need right now. Don't put him in the starting lineup. Don't don't do that to him. I know you. I, I know somebody. Somebody in our in our group chat. I think it was John said maybe toss Haas in the starting lineup. That's a little bit forced, overkill. Putting him in a position. I now think I said it on the air last night. Now he's kind. Now it's like you're expecting something more out of him. Where right now it's kind of like you're pleasantly surprised and and you and you're you're happy with the production you're getting. But now you're putting him in the starting lineup and yeah. I don't. I don't know if. I don't know if. If, Jimmy, if I overreact to everything. Okay. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. The I'm good just, and the bad. Okay. That's why he's in, that's why he's in the top insanity level. John's gonna go, man. John's gonna start talking about all star. You know, I overreact to everything. Okay. I'll, I'll say that's, this about Pritchard. That's a good quality to have. This this is why I think it's important to have him on the bench. Good and can, bad. I'm not all negative. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna say Williams off the board. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> three days ago. Three days ago. How bad is it that Pritchard is their fourth best? That was Joe Sway. He should start. He should start. He should start. I love him. He should start. But yeah, that was that was me though. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna say him. this about him. What's important for him at some point to get to, and he's played quite a bit with Tatum and uh, you know Brown rotation here. 
if he can get those guys a few breathers per game, running some units, playing some point with those guys, uh, keeping them alive, which is why I think he, he's starting to show to do, especially in that second quarter against Indiana. Indiana was going on these runs against Boston. He would hit shots or find guys and just give them those pacing buckets to stay ahead, even if it's a one-point game. You're not losing the lead. You're not falling behind by multiple possessions when the, the benches are in the game there. And that's so important because – how often is Tatum, especially during the regular season, going to be going 40 minutes like we saw in that second Indiana game? You want to limit that. Yeah. And, you know, Pritchard early on has shown the ability to man these second units. And, you know, all of a sudden, maybe Tatum doesn't have to be out there with the second unit every time like he has. But maybe Brown can mix in there a little bit, play off of him. Or you can have neither of them and get both of them the rest in some circumstances. But limiting the amount of strain on Brown, Tatum, for the length of the 72-game stretch is going to be important. I mean, we thought Tatum might rest tonight. He's yeah. out there rolling again. I thought the thumb was bogus. That was just an excuse to have him play, have him not play. Yeah. Yeah, I said that on the pregame. And he's out there rolling. And that's a good thing about these guys, Brown especially. They just shake off these injuries when they do get because them so Because they're all easily. 19. Yep. They, they're able to play the big minutes. Like, it's so Forever. important. Yeah. I'm not too worried about it. Uh, will never not be 19. I'm not, I'm not worried about the time, their minutes out there. I don't know. But uh, to your point. I'll tell you what I am worried about. You don't want them getting closer to 40, 40 minutes. But yeah. yeah. Tatum was close last night. Only injury report I was very concerned about seeing was Javante Green. Because is that a COVID situation? Is <laughs> so that like the thing. is that the entire be, team like possibly? I think it's infected? I think it's something in that it could be a, a wide spectrum of things. Yeah, that could be he had a he had the sniffles. That could yeah. be somebody he knows got he sick and went in, in a row. I think. Yeah, I so think they had. They had this, if it's a positive test, there's no way everyone else can take the court because of close contact. So I, I highly doubt that's what happened. Yeah, right, you're, right. you're talking about two things here, either an inconclusive test, which again, like John said, if that was the scenario, they'd probably be holding off this game for a little bit. Maybe got left behind in Indiana. That's a possibility. But, uh, you know, Syracuse this year. Forever? We'll see you in the next plane ride. Uh, we'll this happened up. with Syracuse this year. They, they do the contact tracing so extensively that guys who um, even come into contact with positive cases can get left out of action for uh, some amount of time. That's a possibility here too, depending on how the NBA does it. But you know, with the whole health thing, they're not letting out a lot about this, and they call it the health report to even just stay away from that COVID term. So who knows? It could be a million different things. Yeah, right. they don't want to say this, the trigger word. You don't want to say it, get everybody all in a in a. Tizzy. No, but John's right. If there was like a real risk, he had COVID yesterday or two days. Yeah, it was yesterday. Right. They're probably not playing this game. Well, you saw what happened with Houston. I mean, they took all those precautions and, you know, while sad and everyone, everyone, every single guard sat, it looked like. So uh, not every guard, but, you know, he was live tweeting this game. What did he say? I think he said 40 piece or something for Brown. It was funny. It was live tweeting from uh, oh, wherever he is. Yeah. Who was? Javante. Really? Yeah, so who knows where he is, but he he, he was excited well, about Brown's 40 points. Well, he's in good spirits, at least. Richard Smart, <laughs> Brown, Tatum, Williams could be a very effective straight line. I, I love Green. Like, he's a fun personality. We know how close he is to Tatum. Like, I'm, I'm you know, obviously we want to see something big happen over the offseason, but I'm kind of glad he's back here. He's a cool story. Whoa. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's no, quickly talk. Uh, I got a comment here on Neesmith. Nice the NBA. In extremely small sample size tonight, but at least he got on the court a little bit. I did like that one step back three real quick release. That was a taste of what you can see 
um, there. He's still, I was getting so annoyed. I said, we wasn't going to mention this guy's name either. Carson Edwards, you know, you did say, yeah, I did, but Can't I was getting so said. annoyed with Carson Edwards out there. He's like, just treating it like friggin' Vegas league. The first eight <laughs> times he gets the ball, he just starts jacking him. I'm like, yeah, I was like, this is again where Brad could Brad just say like, Hey, I got to get the rook some shots here. So get <laughs> new again. He's been doing the ball for the first like seven the, minutes he was in. It's the Cleveland curse, man. He's like, I have to do it again. That's the only way they'll let me stay. I have to do it again. <laughs> like, I think, I think <laughs> hoping he can do like four threes in five minutes or like, you know, whatever he can do to, to make headway. So he could, whether it's Boston or somewhere else, you know, hey, that's the kid that hey. did the, uh, the three-point thing, right? Two years in a row. If I'm Edwards, I'm doing the same thing. When I get, I get, I get my few minutes in a blowout. I'm, I'm putting up shots, and especially if they're going in, you damn well better believe I'm taking another one the next time down. So, yeah, Neesmith will get there at some point. But I mean, it was good that he got got a little bit of burn tonight. Um, like you said, John, the quick release. That's what you want to see. I mean, that's the reason they drafted him, right? Because they they saw oh, that dude, Edwards looked hot. Edwards looked better than Neesmith. He did. He did look better than Neesmith tonight. They should just release Neesmith then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Neesmith's right. in a tough spot. Like we still, we still look at it, and I know he got the run tonight, but he's so far away from joining this rotation. It feels like, and we're gonna keep asking the question. Mm-hmm. We're gonna keep wondering. But there's so many games, Bobby. That's where I think it's gonna help. Like tonight felt like a night. I mean, geez, we were talking about if Tatum sat. Some people were, you know, there was a massive swell of start Neesmith support on Twitter thinking that the Celtics might go with half their lineup tonight. So there will be games. You've got a lot of bat. You got a lot of tight schedules where you're going to have to injuries too. Yeah. They'll be trial by fire at some point. But what you just want to see is eight to 10 minutes a game. Little spark, just get some shots up. Just you got to get in the flow a little bit. I I don't want to see, you know, what you don't want to see is garbage minutes only, you know? Yeah. You gotta, you right. gotta, he's got to get a little battle tested, even in small doses. I mean, right. if Twitter that's, wants that's what I would like. I assume, obviously, we trust that Brad knows what he's doing. But, I mean, that's what you as, – as a fan and as a person who wants to see people who impatiently want to see a first-round pick develop or just see what they've got in that person, we – all want to see that i don't know if he's ready for it or not but we want to see little doses of him along the way not just this garbage time competing for shots with carson edwards bullshit you know like they, nothing gets accomplished there but we got one that nobody asked for it's on the docket you know i mean if twitter yeah. if twitter thinks that neesmith should start then i mean brad should probably listen to twitter because they were right on Yabuselli. i mean they, they would have started Yabuselli every every damn game of his career if it was on twitter that, so I mean, if they want Neesmith to start, then... I don't know know if this was meant to be a compliment for Neesmith, but it isn't. Yeah, that's not... (laughs) I don't think that's That's even... I don't think that's even close. not a compliment. (laughs) Without the injuries. I don't even know what it means. Yeah, what does that even mean? Now I'm looking at the other side of it. I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) Zach, try again. (laughs) You got unlimited tries down there. Um, I, no, I, I get it. Like, doing you could trust Romeo in spurts last year, and in fact, you know, and it was mainly because defensively he looked, he was good, he was solid um, above all else. But um, sorry to t- I, everything about this game tonight so hard to take away. And what are we looking at again now with this Grizzlies team? <laughs> the same thing that happened with the Kings pick. One year they're 
like a pretty competent mid-level team that gives the Celtics 14. And this team is in trouble right now. Last year, they're excellent with John Moran, and this team looks like the worst team in the league right now for until further notice. So look out. The Grizzlies are going to be uh, taking their own lottery pick this year if this keeps rolling. To answer this I question. I still like their lineup. I still like their the players they have, though. I mean, they get Grayson Allen, Tyus Jones, Kyle I don't, Anderson. I hate Grayson Allen. I mean, <laughs> they need a couple people back, though. The one thing I like about Grayson Allen is every time the Celtics play them, I assume he and Marcus Smart have a 50% chance of fighting. Um, so, oh. like, I always kind of look forward to that. <laughs> he got hurt tonight, too. He went down. Um, got hurt. Two, that's a good call, John. Those two are destined to go into a playoff series against each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. I'll say two Dude, looking at the lineup by uh, Desmond Grayson, Bain. Pretty good Grayson game. Grayson Allen is I don't know if there's any Game of Thrones fans in here, but Grayson Allen is Joffrey. Like he yeah. is literally Joffrey, and you yeah. just want to punch him in the face. Yeah. Bob, yeah. are you picking this up or what's that? No. I got no idea what that means. Nothing. You gonna watch Game of Thrones? John, you watch Game of Thrones. I, 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 Jimmy, I'm gonna one up you. I've read all the books twice. No, oh, you're the I'm that guy. I'm that nerd. <laughs> so are you flipping through the pages and seeing maybe this never happened? None of this happened. Yeah, he like dissects the movie. I, mean, I was the, like, this guy, doesn't match up at all. I was the guy you didn't want to talk to after season four. I'm glad I didn't. I'm very glad I didn't. When they just started making shit up, I <laughs> I gave it. And I was like, the first episode, John, I fell asleep twice. I said, this could be a new podcast. John and Jimmy oh, talking right. throw. <laughs> There well, was a couple one- fun po- podcasts about Game of Thrones. Actually, there was one guy who had read the books. Uh, no one's going to understand the reference, but that was his angle was kind of like, uh, I'll tell you how close they came and sure. what worked and what representation. And that was kind of his 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 shtick there. But yeah, Very, uh, I was the guy in the podcast. office who'd be like, yeah, it was close to the book. I was that <laughs> annoying guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I did the opposite. I binged all seven. I binged all seven seasons, like before season. I had never watched it. And I was so pumped for season eight. I was like, I can't believe I just wasted like a month straight of my life. Like I was cooking in the kitchen and like watching on my iPad, trying to make sure I caught up. (laughs) All for like the worst ending of all time. But anyways, it was pretty bad. All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up. I got to tell everybody about our situation here involving LinkedIn, LinkedIn, our sponsor. Um, Of course, everybody needs jobs. Everybody likes jobs. Uh, LinkedIn's a good place to go there. for it. Yeah. LinkedIn's helping us already. Showing a lot of uh, people could use a job. Um, so, so I will say this before you read it. We already got a couple uh, LinkedIn yeah. submissions to Bobby and Josue. Keep them coming if you're interested in being an intern. This is true. Josue is taking That's all applications. Power LinkedIn. Well, I will say this: college students preferred um, kind of journalism and communications majors, but we are uh, we are accepting interns for the. For the um, spring semester, Celtic-specific interns, anyone who wants to work on this show. Yeah, guys um, or girls. Anyone who wants to. Uh, holiday. Maybe I'll get back to you. Sorry about that. Yeah. There's <laughs> yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of games. There's a lot of action. But let me just tell you guys about LinkedIn here. New Year's sure here. Fresh start on your small business. Or if you're shifting business hours, trying to hire remote employees, get a job, LinkedIn, obviously the place to go. Active community of professionals with more than 722 million members worldwide. Uh, Getting started here easier than ever. New features to help you find qualified candidates quickly or, again, to find a job. Um, Find a job, find an employee. Anything you want to do here, uh, you can do it on your mobile device. Um, So... 
here's what we call a call to action in the business. You go to linkedin.com slash scribe, S-C-R-I-B-E, scribe, and get $50 off your first job post. It's linkedin.com slash scribe to get $50 off your first job post. Fit a lot in, of sales guys on in LinkedIn. Detroit, a lot of sales guys. 50 bucks. No one's going to get that reference, but um, it's trading places. Bo Diddley in the pawn shop. I'm, I'm dating myself. It's pretty. Still don't get it. Yeah, that's all right. Here's, here's something I need to see, though. It's up there. Trading Place is a phenomenal movie. And, like four or five movies that you constantly hear. You guys see? You guys see? Yeah, that's one of them. I always hear that one. Yeah. I mean, early Eddie Murphy. The dude's like 23 and like the biggest star on the planet. Yeah, you know, he was unreal. He was 21 oh, yeah. years old when he did 48 Hours. He's like he 20 on Saturday Night Live. Coming to America. Coming to America. No, he was coming up. The biggest star on the planet. He was like 24 years old. It was unbelievable. <laughs> the, how young he was and how talented he was in those early in those early trading <laughs> trading places yeah. a must watch. Anyway, yeah. um, America the classic though. Wow, that that I see all of it. Washington football team coming to fruition after that was one of the funniest things ever. Yeah. Um, so we're going to wrap I'm it more about like the nutty professor, Eddie Murphy type guy. Yeah. The early stuff was unreal. Uh, anyway, it's all good. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. We got more games coming up, but this is our last game of 2020. We oh, freaking right. made it. Um, so thank you to everybody who um, stuck with us through this stuff. It was a crazy year. When did we start? We were like, uh, you know, July, August, we got this going. So yeah. half the year we were rolling. Yeah. So, I mean, not only the momentum on the show, but CLNS Media and what we're trying yeah. to do and bring to the viewers at home uh, here, covering the Celtics, covering the Patriots, all of our podcasts, all of our content. There's only going to be more in the new year. Um, so we're honestly just getting started. The Celtics season's just getting started. This show is really just getting started. Um, so we're going to keep it rolling into the new year and beyond. So tell your friends, subscribe to our YouTube channels, um, go there after the games. You're going to see post-game press conferences, more video mashups. Um, there'll be stuff going on throughout the week. Uh, Patriots coverage too, if you're into that stuff. The Celtics, we have our own Celtics YouTube channel in addition to our main channel uh, where you can get all the goods here. So subscribe to all of those. Send your resumes to Bobby Manning uh, <laughs> directly. Celtics, you want to work on Want to work on the Celtics broadcast? We would love to have you. But again, thanks for watching. Uh, for Jimmy Toscano, Josue Pavone, guys, happy new year message for everybody. You got anything? Happy new year. Yeah, happy new year, guys. We happy will new years. We will see you on New Year's, right? Detroit, January 1st. Right, yeah. right back at it, day one. Right back at Detroit. it. Detroit. See y'all.